Hey there, this is Bo James, and on behalf of the Wix Church of the Nazarene, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I believe there is something for you in this message, and I pray that it will help you grow your faith. Enjoy. Hopefully you guys had a great week last week with Pastor Amy. Um, I did see enough of the service to know that she was a little under the weather last week, and she did not tell me that when I talked to her on Thursday, so I hope she is feeling better. But man, we enjoyed our time with our kiddos, and um, you've seen my gazillion of pictures, and if you're on TikTok, I haven't shared that video, but I have a little video I put together with his um, graduation, and just had a good weekend with family. Um, This week, we're going to continue our series in prayer. Also, when I got back this week, I shared with our district superintendent my pastor's report this week. Um, Those of you that do district, we're doing it different where we don't have to do that at district assembly anymore. Um, We do it in our individual groups. Um, And basically, in short, what I shared with him, you know, all pastors, we get depressed when we do reports every year because they want certain numbers. And sometimes those certain numbers just doesn't tell the story. Like they want to know how many people were saved, how many people are sanctified, what's your average attendance, you know, all this kind of stuff. And sometimes when I'm punching in those numbers, I'm just like, well, I feel like we failed, Lord. But then God began to put individual stories in my heart that I shared with the other pastors that I said, no. Those numbers don't tell you what's happening at my church. Those numbers don't tell you that just in the last few months, we've had five different new families come and join us that have started coming and going here and there that I feel very hopeful about. They don't tell those stories. And and I said, so I'm not going to let numbers define us, right? Because God is on the move. Let me just tell you that. God is on the move. As soon as I got um, Pam's text about Bunny, I, I almost got indignantly mad because I said, do you know why this happened? And Thomas said, well, no, because you just told me it happened. And I said, no, it's because Joe McCleskey has become one of the biggest prayer warriors I have right now. And I said, it's an attack on her family. <laughs> and I said, so we're going to fight back on this because I knew that. You know, sometimes I tell you life is just life and it happens and maybe that's part of what happened with Bunny. But I knew, because Joe just shared Wednesday night of like, wow, I'm learning new things. Like, you can teach an old dog new tricks. Like, this is awesome, right? Y'all should show up on Wednesday night. I'm just telling you, we have such a good gathering of breaking open the word and sharing fellowship with each other and just growing in the word. And I've watched her grow, and I knew immediately. So I said, we're going to fight back on this. We're going to pray like crazy on this one, because it's a spiritual as well as a physical attack. So I shared with with Pastor Mark, our DS, I said, there are stories, there are things happening. I said, I I got to baptize three of our young people this past year, and I said, I'm waiting to baptize another. The water's getting warm. We just got to get her well now and and figure out dates, right? Um, And now it's so warm, I'm thinking, "Ah, snakes, yay, okay. Um, So, you know, I'll have Thomas there to, to watch for that kind of stuff. But I said, so I know. 
And I said, and, and, and you know, I said, Cambry wanting to be baptized, it was just the sweetest thing, the way it all. And I shared her story of watching The Chosen and, and how Matthew's story affected her. And I said, that little girl caught fire that night. I said, that's how God is moving. Now, he also, he said, I want you to give me two things. He said, what is your goal for the attendance of your church over this next year? And so I sat down. This was back in April when I done this. I sat down and I prayed over it and I just said, I want, because he said, either give me a specific number, give me a percentage, whatever, whatever God's laid on your heart. And I said, I want to get back to that 70 to 80. I said, that's our pre-COVID numbers. And I said, you know, for the past six, seven months, we have averaged 45 pretty consistently. And I said, you know, and let me tell you again, this is all over our district. This is not just our church. There were several pastors gave their reports of, of losing a third of their people, not to anything. They just haven't come back. And so what I shared with him, I said, you know, I want that 70 to 80. And I said, it may not be the same people, and I'm okay with that. I said, I'm okay with new families coming in. Can I tell you what God has done? Our average for this month is 70. That's a good thing. Now, I know that flexes. But a month of decoration, that's a good thing. And so I sat there in front of the DS going, I think I got to dream bigger. <laughs> It's like God said, oh, that's nothing. What else you want, you know? And, and so I told him, I said, you know, I'm just going to shoot it up. Let's go for 100 this year. Like, okay, if I'm in the first month and I've already hit the goal, I got to get a, you know, that's like saying I want to lose five pounds. You lose it. Then where do you go with that, right? Somebody tell me because I really don't know the answer to that one. <laughs> I don't hit that very, I don't hit that. So somebody tell me what that's like. But so, so I was just praising God that that is what he wants to do with us. And I said, God is on the move. I'm not going to get depressed on numbers. Now, I like numbers, and numbers keep us accountable, right? And it makes me say we got to pray harder. Notice I didn't say work harder. Prayer is the key. Prayer is the key of moving people for the kingdom. And I wholeheartedly believe that. Wholeheartedly believe that. So we're going to continue today with our series. We are participating in the Half Million Prayer Mobilization. Again, if you've not already picked up your journal, there's still some out there. There's still some for the kiddos. If you know somebody to share those with, please do, because I love this devotion. It has been so refreshing. Um, also, you can put the app on your phone, and I have used that uh, as I'm traveling. I, I keep that app and so that I can open up the devotion if I don't have the book with me. So that's a, a good thing. And also, they, they ask if, if you feel God speaking to you about your local church or, or the general church to share those things on the app as well. Have you ever noticed when someone asks you a question their question kind of reveals the heart of what they're really asking. Like, you know the question is not really the question, right? You know what I mean? When you, when you take time to hear questions from people, 
when they're asking you things, you begin to understand what people really are desiring. Now, I know not everybody's mind works that way. You know, my, my gear, my strength is individualization, which means that you ask me a question and I'm already thinking about why would you ask me that? Like, what is going on in your world? Right? And when you really need some entertainment, by the way, all you need to do is listen to the questions of kids, right? I'm so sorry Jackson's not in here with us. I, I could have done a real Q&A with him. Jackie's like, don't you dare. <laughs> Pat, I would learn some things, would I not? I hear preschool has been interesting this past year. Like, when a kid says to you, did you have electricity when you were a kid? I've actually had my own children ask me those what are they really saying? How old are you, right? I'm like, yes, I had electricity and running water. <laughs> now, I did have black and white TV to start out with, but we got color in there somewhere, right? Or what if a kid says, why did swear words get invented if we're not allowed to say them? Does that not make you go, huh, <laughs> right? But what he's really saying is, if it's not something good for me, why do we have it, right? Or what if a kid asks you, what did it feel like on your last day of being a child? Somebody tell me, what was the last day of being a child? My children would say, I'm still going through it. One of the, one of the graduates with Alex, her dad was the speaker um, at graduation, um, a great guy, you know, very smart, educated man. But, you know, he started out in the dad mode of things, right? And, and she's on TikTok. So he was trying to be cool with her. And, and there was one thing that he had said that most of us on TikTok, we recognized that statement, but it was just the way he said it didn't quite, you know, because like me and Brittany looked at each other and went, ooh. And Thomas, he was like, I have no idea what just happened. You know, he was like clueless. And I said, well, all I can say is I'm no longer the most embarrassing parent on this campus anymore. I said, he just took that one over, you know, because he just, you know, didn't say it the right way. So what did it feel like the last day of being a child? Or what about a kid asked one time, does the letter W start with D? Yeah, is that not good? Come on, teachers, somebody tell me that one. Explain that one to us. Does it start with D and has it got two U's in it? I don't know, right? Has it, have, have you teachers ever had somebody ask that, right? How about this one? A boy asked his mom what she wanted to be when she grew up. Well, that's fun. And she simply answered. She said, it's, it's what I'm already doing. I'm being a mom. And then he said, can you try better and be a mom that cooks? Ouch. Ouch. And how about there was a daughter that she just wanted mom to cuddle her up, hold her until she fell asleep one night. And, and mom was trying to be kind because she said, honey, I just ate a lot of garlic with our supper. So I'm not sure that's really what you want me to do. And, and the little girl said, it's okay, mom, I can't smell it. And that made the mom laugh. She just burst out in a laughter. And then the little girl said, never mind, actually, I can. <laughs> 
Kids can just entertain us. I remember when Alex would ask us to play video games, though, when he was younger. I don't know. I should question his college friends. He may be the same way now. But he would beg and beg, will you please, will you please? And I knew it was his cry of just spend time with me. And whether we liked video games or not, well, we would usually give in, right? But the problem was we learned real quick that when Alex asked you that, he still picked a one-person player game, and he just wanted you to sit there and watch him play. And I was like, son, this is not us playing together. He said, yeah, we are. You're right there. I'm right here. Right? But see, that question, there was something bigger there. He just wanted me to be with him. Right? He, he felt separated. So we reveal what we really desire when we make requests a lot of times. Now let's go back in time. When Jesus was with his disciples and they would ask him questions. Now I'm sure he heard beyond the questions because, hello, he's Jesus, right? He knew those things. But these disciples, they knew about the Messiah. They've been taught. They're good Jews. They've been taught about the Messiah and who he would be. And they believed that he would be someone to come and free them from the Romans and their oppression, right? And they believed that Jesus was the one they had waited for. And they saw some really incredible things. And my chosen people, this is going to take you all through a few episodes Peter fished all night with no results. And Jesus showed up. And he said, drop your nets one more time right over there. And Peter was so tired. Okay, we'll do it. And boom, the biggest catch ever. Miraculous. Then there was Matthew sitting in that tax collector's booth doing his job just day after day, but he happened to be in town when Jesus had healed the paraplytic, right? So when Jesus walks by and says, follow me, he dropped it all and he followed Jesus. Nathaniel, when Jesus said to him, I saw you under that tree and I know what you said. Boom. He knew something miraculous had just happened. Now, I know, parents, our kids think we're that good, too, because we tend to tell them things we hear, know, and see, and we will never divulge to them our secrets of how we know those things. Right? We'll never let them know it's really just bionic hearing and we heard through the wall, right? Or we'll never let them know that it was sister told on them, right? (laughs) But they knew. They knew there was something with Jesus. And when you see powerful things begin to happen, you take notice of that. Now, they were craving a movement of God that would transform their world. Their world. The things that was concerning to them. They wanted to see that movement, that, that set free from all these oppressors. Is there anyone here today that would love to have a fresh perspective on life? That would just love, is there anyone here that would love to experience that God movement in our world today? Because it feels so dark, right? So I think you can relate some to the disciples. 
They were watching Jesus do these amazing things, and they just wanted to know the secret of it. Now, being fully human and a good Jew, Jesus would pray daily to his Father. Turn with me to chapter 11 of the book of Luke. I'm not sure if our people got that up there. You may have to go old school and pull out a Bible, pull out a phone, pull out something this morning. Jesus would pray daily, just like any Jew would, but with an intimacy that his disciples had never seen before. We talked on Wednesday night how easy it is to get in the rut of prayer sometimes. Like we just kind of go through the motions. But they saw something different with Jesus. This, This vibrant prayer life that he had was producing results that they had never seen before. And that leads us back to where we started with a request that really reveals the heart of the one asking. Luke 11, verse 1. Once Jesus was in a certain place praying, and as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. A simple request. Teach us to pray. Because think about this for a minute. These, these were Jewish guys that they knew all about prayer. They would have their prayer that they did in the morning when they woke up. They would have their prayer in the middle of the day. They would have their prayer at night when they went to bed, right? But this simple request exposed they had a deeper hunger. They realized there's something more. They knew that Jesus was not just an ordinary Jewish rabbi all of a sudden. There was something supernatural happening in there. And maybe they began to connect the dots of, wow, this happened and then Jesus went and prayed. Wow, Jesus spent all morning out there by himself in prayer and then we come into town and this miracle happened today. You know, maybe they began to put the dots together. You remember those papers we did as kids, connect the dots, one, you know, and man, you missed that one number and all of a sudden it just didn't make sense, right? Like this, this, this portrait, this picture, this flower just got wonky because I missed number 12, right? Well, they're putting the dots together and it's something they've never seen. And they wanted access That is what we read. Not just, Lord, teach us to pray because we don't know what we're doing. Lord, teach us to pray because we want to do it like you. We want access to what you have. And we see earlier on in Luke's chapters that, you know, Jesus had this regular habit. He would withdraw to places that were private and he would, you know... Yes, we spend time in prayer alone, but it's because why? Jesus needed to what? Refuel. He was out there doing the kingdom work, and he needed the Father to fill him again. So church, don't think that just being sitting in your prayer closet is all you need to do, because we need to be out doing the work of the kingdom like Jesus. That's why he was needing that extra fueling of prayer. Now, Jesus knew the heart of the movement of everything that he was doing. He had to have an encounter with God. 
He had to stay close to the Father. Why? Probably to overcome the human side of him that was like, I really don't want to do what I know I got to do, right? Why do we think it's any different today? You know, there's so many of you that the thought of prayer scares you. I've been told my class on Wednesday night they're going to get certificates. I think I'm going to make them come up here on a, a Sunday morning and receive their certificate. Cause, because every time we close, oh, I'm just scared everybody off. Um, they're, they're not going to join us on Wednesday now. But when we close, they have to volunteer somebody to close us in prayer. And if they've done it, so like, okay, Diane has done it. Joe has done it. You've done it. I think, Shelly, have you done it yet? Oh, you haven't been here on the Wednesdays. You're here on Tuesdays. Um, who else? Do, uh, yeah, Dorothy has done it. I think it's just our guys that have not done it. Sandy's done it. So, Leon and Gerald, you're up this Wednesday. <laughs> Leon's like, I feel a fever coming on already. Man, see, I just ran them all off. But look, every person is alive. It did not kill them to pray. And, and, and here's the deal. It's just about overcoming fear, right? It's about overcoming fear to, one, know that this is the safest place you could pray because you're with the body of believers. And if I've said it once, I've said it a hundred times, and I'll keep saying it, you can't mess up prayer. Oh, I won't sound smart enough. I don't care. Because the purpose of prayer is to connect you with God. And guess what? You have the Holy Spirit interceding in between. And he says that when we don't know what to pray, he will go to the Father, groaning what we need. You can't mess it up. So stop thinking you're so important. <laughs> when we think we can rock God's plans, right? Just because we didn't say... You don't have to use proper English. I won't let the teachers of the bunch chastise you if you said are instead of is or whatever. Right? It's about connecting with God, with our hearts. Jesus pointed them to the power. They said, teach us. Teach us to pray like you. And he said, verse 2, Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Give us each day the food we need. And forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation. I was reciting, I know we've all memorized this at some point if you've been in the church long enough. I was reciting it in my head the other day. And that devotion has messed me up because it is, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass. It is stuck and it will be how I think of that verse for the rest of my life. Because it really is the truth of what that verse means. Two weeks ago, we talked about the power of four. Remember, we talked about engaging God's word. If you engage God's word four times or more, how it would affect your life. Anything less doesn't change you. Well, today I want to tell you about the power of the five P's that we find in here. Because the first one is when we praise our Father in heaven. You see, Jesus gave them an outline. Somebody someday is going to find all of my sermons and they're going to absolutely hate them because my kids are be so frustrated 
And I've had other pastors tell me, no, you need to write it out word for word. What? No, I don't. I do an outline. I do an outline. And then I let the Spirit move what the Spirit needs to move. Like, I know what that outline, the long version, is supposed to be. But it also allows for God to say, ah, just skip that whole thing and let's move on, you know? Jesus gave them an outline. That's how I want you to think about the Lord's Prayer. He gave them an outline of what our hearts are supposed to be doing in prayer. And the first thing is we praise our Father in heaven. Father, may your name be kept holy. Hallowed be your name, right? The second P was when we ask for his presence in our current situation. So what's the next thing? He said, may your kingdom come soon. God, may you be here with me. Presence. Lord, I know who you are. You are the, the, the God Almighty, Father above everybody. Praise his name. I want you here. Father, may your kingdom come. The next thing, when we seek his provision in daily life. So the next thing, give us each day the food we need. I want to just stop on this one a moment because I want you to think back to when they were in the wilderness, the Israelites, and God gave them manna every day. He gave them enough for how much? One day. One day. Except on Saturday. And he said, you better double up because I'm not bringing it down because I'm off and I'm resting tomorrow and we're all resting, right? So think of it like you eat at Chick-fil-A every single day. But on Saturday, you better buy two sandwiches because you ain't getting it on Sunday, right? Give us each day what we need. And this is not just physical food. This is God, give me the strength I need for today. I'm not going to worry about tomorrow. Because I, I trust that you'll show up tomorrow again and you'll give me the man I need tomorrow. So today, Lord, give me the strength that I need to get out of this bed today. Give me the strength to go where I need to go today, to do what I need to do today. And we'll worry about tomorrow when I wake up. If I wake up, Lord, I trust you. I trust you. But how much of today are we going to waste because you are worrying about tomorrow? Because you are worried that tomorrow the bank account will, will fumble, that, that, that it just all goes wrong. And I know this community is hurting right now when it comes to chicken growing. I kind of have that inside there, right? And I know you guys, it's, it's been awful. And I can tell you that Thomas and I have prayed and prayed and prayed. I will tell you all, there is at least one person in Tyson Foods that prays. <laughs> and he does every day for you. I promise. And he knows how it's hurt. But he says, God, help them today. Hold them today. And I know it's in our, our DNA, we think, to, to try to store up. What happened to the Israelites when they stored up? It would all rot, right? Provision today, Lord. And then the fourth thing, when we offer our penitent hearts, I know that's a big word. It's okay to learn big words, right? Teachers, it's okay to learn the big words. It is. Penitent just means that I'm, I'm sorry. I want forgiveness that I realize what I've done and I need to repent, right? 
means to repent and, and seek his reconciliation. So forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And if you're lost on that, then you need that devotion on the table out front. I'm just telling you. Forgive us our sins. Oh, we forget that. We forget that we sin as much as the person we're mad at sometimes. I don't know if you saw my Facebook post about Wizard of Oz. I just was so flustered with Facebook the other day, and I put on there the little scene where um, Auntie M tells Miss Gulch, for 23 years I've wanted to tell you what I think about you, and now being the good Christian woman that I am, I can't. That is the best advice for you on social media. You can't. And just walk away. <laughs> and I know somebody in this room that thinks I'm calling them out, and I'm not. That had nothing to do with that, Amy Davis. And I'm just telling you that it had something to do with something else on social media that was irritating the fool out of me that I just wanted to set them all straight. <laughs> but I couldn't. Because I just wanted to, uh, right? Yeah. So forgive us our trespasses as well, Lord. And then we seek his protection when we pray. Lead us not into temptation. Protection is not just a physical thing. In fact, it's way more. It is a spiritual thing. God, protect me from things that are going to tempt me. Protect me from the things that I'm going to expose my eyes to on Facebook that I just so want to tell them about, Lord. Protect me from that temptation. Protect me, Lord, from the temptation to act really good here at church today and then go home and scream at my family. Hey, Pastor deals with that too. My husband asked me the other day, why are you so mean to me? <laughs> but hey, he's just as mean, and I have to threaten to call Mama Claudette on him all the time. And then he says, no, don't do that. She'll give me the stink eye on the back row. <laughs> See, he ain't going to be home this week. I can talk about him today. <laughs> oh, So protection is, God, this world is coming at me fast and furious. Protect me today. Do you see the outline? This is a rhythm of prayer that Jesus wanted to teach his disciples. Right? So those five things, if you take notes, praise, presence, provision, penitent hearts, and protection. It's supposed to be our consistent pattern when we pray to the Father. And this is not just a head knowledge. Uh, you know, like I said, I bet we, many of us in this room, we have the Lord's Prayer memorized, whether it's because we did it from the Bible or Grandma had it hanging on the, you know, wall somewhere. And I bet many of you probably scoffed a little bit when I read it in a different translation. Well, that's not the Lord's Prayer. Well, that's because you're depending on head knowledge. And prayer is not memorization work. Prayer is about connecting us to God's heart. So if you pray in the King James Version and connect to God, praise Him. If somebody else prays in the NIV version and connects to God, praise them. Do you understand? Like there's not a set amount of words because if we want to get technical, ain't no version we got in this room, the original words. 
we want to get technical and think it's a magical thing with words, then you and I have to learn Hebrew and Greek. We don't want to do that. It's kind of hard, just telling you. Just the little bit I dive into is over my head. But here's the deal. The power is not in the words. It's in the submission. It's in your posture of your heart. Are you surrendering? Are you surrendering? Father, I just want to praise you. I'm surrendering right now, God, that life sucks. I want to praise you because your name is above every name. And God, I want, I want you to come and be a part of what's going on. And if that changes everything I do, God, then so be it. Forgive me that I have been so self-centered to think it's all about me. I mean, I, I know we're praying for bunny, but the ripple effects we may never understand of what people around bunny are, are seeing God do. That's what I've been praying for. Especially as, as the reports kept getting better and better, I was so excited, but I said, God, I want you to use this in a mighty way. So, Joe, that's my prayer. I want it to ripple effect throughout your entire family, to their friends, to nurses, to doctors, especially to those that probably saw the beginning and thought, man, this kid's not going to make it. But what a testimony now. What a testimony now. And you know what? I know everybody in this room, that's not your story. But your story is that you're still walking. Even though you went through the storm, you did. And you still lost your loved one. You're still here. Your joy. Oh, I love listening to y'all sing. Y'all just don't know what it does for me when I can hear y'all behind me singing the songs. Because there's nothing that chases the enemy away faster than lifting your voice. Nothing, nothing that will chase him faster. And the more we connect to God, the more we become his hands and his feet. Because the more that I praise him and the more I surrender to him, the more I begin to understand. Now I've got to share this. You should be overflowing that you can't even help but share the love of God. But with these disciples, it all started with a single request. And they were hungry. They were hungry for something they had never seen. Lord, teach us. But here's the thing about hunger, as I was thinking on this, this week. A lot of us sitting here, you really don't know what hunger is. Even from a physical standpoint. We don't know what hunger truly is. I remember as a child, now I know this is a big saying in the Jenkins family, and, and I think in several other families, you got to make a happy plate, right? Whoever told you kid that? Anybody ever tell your kids, you got to make a happy plate? I don't remember ever hearing that as a child. <laughs> I never. And the more I thought about it, I think it was because my mom, and probably me, the saying would have been, I'm just happy there's something on my plate. 
because I didn't always have it. And I've shared that with you guys before. Like, I love mayonnaise and cheese sandwiches, and I thought that was just because I was weird. No, it's because it's what I probably had a lot of times to snack on. And it just really worked for me. <laughs> Throw in some pickles, and man, I'm, I'm dining on heaven. But I forgot that until I was doing this lesson. I forgot there was a point in my life that I can remember my tummy rumbling at night because we had supper, but then there was nothing else. Like, you didn't go to the cabinets and find snacks. And that's okay. Like, I didn't know it was any different in people's, other people's houses, right? But honestly, in America here, and, and not America, let's just say us, because I know there's hunger in America. Don't, don't hear me wrong. I know that. But the majority of us sitting here today, today, right now, our cabinets are full. To the point that if I said, hey, let's do a food drive, you don't even have to go to Walmart, thank goodness, because there's nothing there, just so you know. Um, and you could probably pull something out of your cabinets. Why? Because we forget God does supply things every day and we're storing up for something, right? I found a stinking box of green beans the other day in my back room and I was like, what is this? And I thought, I don't even know. And then I thought, oh yeah, I do. Somebody told me, hey, there's going to be a shortage. So that's all I got. I went and bought green beans. So when we were all dying, come to my house and we're going to have a pot of green beans. I have nothing else stored to go with it. I, I don't know. I just felt silly and thought, I guess I should stock up some kind of canned goods. Sorry, Diane, that's all you're getting at my house is green beans, right? Yesterday, we went, Thomas and I, to the NYI convention um, to do, you know, voting and, and hang out with kids yesterday. And the plan was we went to Texas Roadhouse um, think whoever gave me a gift card, many of you do, and uh, ate way too many rolls, right? You, you can't, even poor Thomas, he couldn't help himself because we, we didn't want like a refill of rolls and the guy just plopped them on our table and Thomas was like, mm, well, we'll take them home. And then he reached over and he's like, mm, but mm, they're hot. Like you got to eat it when it's hot, you know, and so he starts eating another roll. Well, the plan was, in my head anyway, we're going to stop at Glenwood, get some ice cream on the way home, right? But we got to Glenwood, and I was still stuffed. And I was like, I don't think I want ice cream. I, I'm still, that steak is still digesting, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Well, you just eat. Even if it's not overindulging, you fill up, right? And you don't have room for anything else. That got me to thinking. What if we show up on Sunday morning and you're not really hungry for God? Why? Because you filled up on everything else this week. You see, the disciples had a hunger. There was, there was something missing in their life. And they were starving for God to break in and do something new. Church, I pray every week for each of you, to hunger for God. Hunger for His Word. As we go through prayer, to hunger to want to connect with Him. But what if you're too full? What if your schedules are packed? I get it. We're busy running around and, and, and being with our kids and, and we're doing things. And, and today, oh my goodness, let's not even talk about what the day looks like. 
everybody deserves a Sabbath tomorrow because today it's not happening. I got you. But we can get so filled up on this world, you have nothing left to hunger for. So you show up on a Sunday, you listen to me ramble, you giggle in the right places, and you go home. And then you start the next week. And you're trying to fill the bank accounts, and you're trying to worry about the... That's why it's called a fast. And sometimes you have to fast your social media. You have to fast things in your life. You have to say, you know what? I'm purposely not going to let us schedule anything for our family on this weekend. Early in youth ministry, Thomas and I had that rule that one weekend out of the month, nothing got scheduled. And it was so we could go visit family and do us, you know, because it's easy for us to fill a calendar. And so if I ask you, how's your prayer life? I just hadn't really had the time. Because you're not hungry. Because you're hungry to get to whatever your schedule says. You're hungry to sit in front of the TV for four hours. (laughs) Right? That's like getting the ice cream out, right? And just... You're hungry to, to sit and, and flip through your phone for an hour before you go, wow, oh man, I, what did I just do, right? You're not hungry for God. Because if you was, you'd say, Lord, teach me to pray like that. Lord, I just, I just want to be in your word. Help me figure that out. Uh, Pat shared, thank you, Wednesday night, about how we've been doing, you know, we went through the Bible last year, now we're doing our writing thing. And she said, just the consistency, I'm starting now. And she was saying, after two years of doing this, I'm just now realizing the difference it's making in my life. Like, as I'm reading things, it's clicking. Oh, I know what that's talking about. Two years. You have to be persistent. You have to be hungry. And I know hunger is not a good thing to talk about at 12 noon (laughs) when everybody wants to go get an Indian taco. But can we just stand together and pray this morning for God to create in each of us a hunger for more of who he is? Can we just pray together just not to rush and the, the jar is open, and Amy Jo, you'll, you'll throw on our Ebenezer song, and if you want to come drop a rock in to just remind yourself this week, whatever you're facing. I know God has done it before, and he'll do it again. Hey, I hope you received exactly what you needed from that message. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, or you can always find us in person if you're in the area. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find us on Tithely. Thank you to those who support our church. I hope you will subscribe and join us on the next one. And remember, you are loved.